Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Okay, so let's get to the defense core because yeah. there yeah, weren't Let's talk any. about that. Yeah, so <laughs> Ryan Suter does not get bought out. Not only that, Jim Nill does come out and say, you know, that they have full confidence in Ryan Suter and doesn't understand why there would be talk of a buyout, basically, paraphrasing. So I, I, I'd like to, I'd like to provide a bit of context to, please do to, to, to that that what happened with that because I was now that those comments weren't directed at me they were correct uh, directed at Saad Yusuf from the athletic um I I think we need I think there's a proper context that needs to kind of be brought up to where that chippiness from Jim Nil came from um that was after day two of the draft. Um, after day one of the draft, Jim Nill held a pre- had a presser availability after day one of the draft. I was there. Um, he was asked multiple times, will you consider any buyouts? And he said no. And there was, and it was covered. On, honestly, like the, the, it was, it was covered. Jim Nill was asked about it. He's been asked about it multiple times. He answered those questions. On after day two of the draft, um, the question was delivered to Jim Nill of about Ryan Suter buyouts. As Jim Nill was walking out of the arena, walking away from the draft floor, and in a spot where he was being asked a question, he had been frankly asked the day before. So, I, I, I don't. I think the question's definitely fair. The question, the que- not that the question's not fair. The question's fair to ask about Ryan Suter and everything like that. But I also think the vi- the virality of the chippy comment from Nil, I don't feel like the context was laid out there properly enough that this was done while he was walking away from the draft floor after he'd been asked about it repeatedly the day before. I I, I think there's a bit of frustration in how the question was asked that I think wasn't provided in the coverage of it. And this is not to like, it's just, I, I I just think that's important context. I'm not trying to take sides. I'm not trying to pick at anyone. I, I just think that's an important context of, I, I've i dealt with Jim Nill for a long time. I've covered him before. He's told me I'm wrong to my face. I've told him he's wrong to him. I've told him he's wrong to his face. We've had those discussions. I've never had him get chippy with me. And I think a lot of it has to do with kind of the setting and how it played out 
that I think that context needs to be just just out there for people to know where I, I, I just think that's important. I, I don't, I, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I hope mean, some, listen, I, I, I hope someone's getting my point here because I, I have criticized Jim Nill before. Criticized have, him on this show. Yeah. He's criticized. He's, he's told me I'm wrong before I've, and I've been wrong at times on things and I've told Jim Nill I've been wrong and he's and vice versa. So I, I just think there's a context here that was kind of missed in the, in the Twitter virality of the snippiness of it all. If, uh, so that's that's where that goes on that. I'm just I I think it's important. That's that I think I think that's what our listeners appreciate about this podcast. It's real, doesn't have spin, and you can take a step back, good or bad, and say, let me give you some background on this. And that's what makes you really good at your job, Sean. So and that's why I appreciate you doing this podcast, that you can say, let's look at the setting, let's let's talk about where this came from let's talk about that the question was asked the day before so i think it's very good context for for our listeners so with that said let's go through the defensive core because as of right mm-hmm. now you have miro hashkinen Lindell, ryan suter yanni hockenpah nils lundquist and thomas harley and joel hanley would be your seventh defenseman and yes you do have that depth sign of gavin bayreuther so my thing is sean i'm just going to be very real with you um, and maybe it's a trade deadline deal. So that would be a better chance to use some cap space because a lot of your player salaries have already been paid for. You really have a good understanding of what your cap is for the rest of the year. And I say all that to say, while I give them high marks, Sean, on the signings of Duchesne, Steele, Smith, the Donoff, Regular season, this team could still thrive with this defensive core. I am deeply concerned about deep into the playoffs, and what I mean is a Stanley Cup with this seven. I just feel as though playoffs change, and I need more muscle on the back end, and that might be old school, but I think it was pretty apparent in the playoffs that there were some defensive lapses and – you know, they were getting moved off the puck and they struggled to get it out of their own zone at times. And I just felt as though that needed to be addressed. And I know also, mm-hmm. as I continue to ramble, that we've talked multiple times on this podcast. So I have to give full transparency. This was not a great UFA class for defensemen. But I feel as though even if you have to give up a good asset, I felt as though to take you over the top, you really needed in another top four defenseman. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus
I, I, I really think the stars will go into the deadline. If, if I'm projecting how things play out, I think they will have to be sh- shopping at the deadline for a top four defenseman. I just, I think that's the truth. Um, I, I look at this stars defense and it's, there's a certainty. And then there's a lot of question marks. It's a certainty in five question marks. You know what? Let's, 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 it's, it's a certain, it's, it's a certainty five question marks and then another certainty because we just talked about Joel Hanley where I know what Joel Hanley is, but you start between Miro Hishkin and, and Joel Hanley. You have Esselin Dell who is 29 now make a 5.8 million looked slow at times last year and kind of hit a bit of an aging curve. I didn't expect him to hit. Is he going to, you have a question, big question mark about Esselin Dell. Is he going to regain some form? If he regains some form, I feel a lot better. You have Ryan Suter, who I personally should have been thought should have been bought out because I think of some of the things he blocks on the top end um, for some other guys and some other opportunities. I think it would have been more of an addition by subtraction type deal. Um, He's going to be a year older and a year slower. And it's, we saw some of the awareness that was just lacking in that Vegas series. Big question mark on him. Yanni Hockenpah coming off injury. That's his own question mark. And then also, I don't know. He he looks slow at times too. Um, like one of the lessons of Vegas, of Vegas winning the cup is it's not size, it's size that can move. And Hockenpah's got size. I just am not sure how well he's gonna how, how well he's gonna move as he continues to age. Nils Lundqvist, guy we have to talk about a you sent a first round pick for him played 60 games last year obviously not big is he going to take the next step this year because you really need him to big question mark yep and thomas harley less of a question mark than i think some of the other guys but still a is he a do you have and he'll never be in the miro tier let's not let's not kid ourselves he's not going to be in the miro tier but is he a legit number two on the defense core that can win a cup? Is he a guy who either, whether it's either maybe he's with Heishkinen and he's in the, and they're rolling out together 28 minutes a night and you're, and it's like, and it's a super pairing or is he running his own pair? Like, I, I think he's already their second best defenseman is the question is, is how good of a second best defenseman is he? Another big question mark. And so when you go into a season with a certainty and a guy who will and should get Norris Trophy votes, Amiro Heishkin, and then a bunch of question marks. I'm I'm lacking a lot of the certainties that give me the confidence in this defense core to win the whole thing. I think the Stars will have may win the Central, may have the, one of the best records in the West with this defense core. They will be fine in that realm. The question becomes how do the question becomes huh? the question becomes how do those question marks solidify themselves over the season. And I think the stars are going to take a long, hard look at themselves around the deadline and be looking to shop defensively because, um, and I, and I think there's positive signs of that. I, I, I really do. I think the Colin Miller trade, uh, trading away Colin Miller was one of those moves that you're not going to think about it much really ever again, but they, Realize that Miller wasn't an answer and wasn't a solution. And they moved the cap space and they got it done. Now, 
And I think at least that gives me hope that they'd be willing to be a little bit more self-aware at the deadline and get something done. Because if they don't, you're going to go into May and June and you're going to get to the spot where you're the question it's going to start you start to wonder is this defense core good enough right now it's good enough for the regular season i remember and colorado really, yeah i remember colorado yeah. Sean, a couple of years ago made the trade with the islanders for devin taves and oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. i remember saying to myself that's the piece that colorado needed mm-hmm. um and at the trade deadline then they went and got josh manson and you know they continued to just get tougher with tougher players and I'm not calling the stars not tough, but what I am saying is is clearly that was something that both you and I noticed in the playoffs that needed to be addressed in the offseason. And as of yet, it has not been addressed. So well, and, 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 and as you said, to be fair, what there's not really many solutions out there that correct. that really can I mean, do you really think a uh like who's even still out there? Like, uh, do we really think a guy like? Listen, John Klingberg got good money on the UFA market. Yeah, exactly. That's all yeah, you need exactly. to know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the I would. I don't know if I would. Like a lot of the guys, just kind of fit. Don't fit the the mold where they're fixing something. Right, right? good players, like, but they're just guys. I, yeah, like I mean, like Patrick Nemeth's still out there. He's big, but yeah. he was awful last year. Yeah. Ethan Bear, Ethan Bear is still out there, but Ethan Bear, I don't want to bring in because Ethan Bear gets in the way of a uh, Ethan Bear gets in the way of what I need Nils Lundqvist to be. Um, I really don't like Caleb Jones's game. Um, I like maybe. I mean, I think. Does anyone really like you look across the board? Like, is do you really want to bring in like a 36 year old Nick Holden? Like, there's no, there's like, I, there's not really the solutions out there. And I think your better solution and pay point at this, after what you've done is to go into the season. Maybe everyone proves us wrong. Maybe Essel Lindell comes out like gangbusters and he's Essel Lindell again. Maybe Nils Lundqvist gets it. Maybe Tom, maybe, maybe all of a sudden by December, you and I are like, wow, we were wrong. Maybe that's the case. And if that's the case, great. If we're not, and I, do, and I think it'll be somewhere between us being right and wrong, somewhere in the middle. If we're not, I think you need to definitely be shopping at the deadline for a defenseman to to, to solidify this this cup chance. No, you're you're absolutely you're absolutely right. I am looking for what, what I love about the Spits and Suds fans is that their interaction with us on Twitter, I love seeing it. And especially when it's like really well thought out and it's one of those things that, and I want to give them credit. So I'm going through my mentions, but um, so basically salary wise, Sean, mm-hmm. Seth Jones matches up with Tyler Sagan. Sagan yeah. has more years left. Um, and both are on no movement clauses, so both would have to waive that. But to me, that was awesome of the listener to think of that, give up something to get something. 
you know, a lot of times people are like, oh, let's go get, you know, this top defenseman and we'll give you a third round draft pick. Well, that's just not going to happen. So you are giving Chicago something. You are getting a defenseman back. So my question to you is, would that improve the situation? Would have Seth Jones coming home to DFW improve the situation? And what was the trade again? Seth Jones straight up for Tyler Sagan. I don't think so. Okay. I I think, I, I think, I think the I think Seth Jones Seth Jones himself would improve the situation. I don't think you improve the team by taking away Tyler Sagan. I don't think I, I think that is the that's kind of the issue. Um obviously it takes it takes a lot to takes takes big money to get big money. Um but uh I mean if I'm if I'm Dallas, the player that I'd be a little bit curious about, and I know he's not the greatest analytical player, but I think if you're looking at a guy who comes in and maybe adds um, some depth to the defense, and I think can and be a little bit of that that guy. And now the issue is he signed a three he signed for three year deal with the Ducks. Is I'd be wondering about Gudas because I thought Gudas is a guy who, and I'm normally not the you have to go get that guy. But I think we talked about this defense. We th- talked about this, some some of the things that are lacking. I think Arako Gudis, instead, if I could replace Rako Gudis with, if I could replace Ryan Suter with Rako Gudis yeah. right now, I think this team would be better. Yep, I agree. Because I think, because I think for two reasons, I think Gudis would be more willing to. Gudis brings more of that physicality. He also would be someone who would be a veteran type locker room guy who wouldn't have to play top four minutes and would be willing to de- de-escalate his role for the good of the team. And like, if I could trade those two right up, I would do it. You won't, you can't, but, but if I would, I could. Okay. And that was Chris Barnard, by the way. Thank you, Chris, yep. for sending that in. Also, how Way asked prior to Debrinket being traded, which we're about to, Mm-hmm. Um, he had asked you and I who would we prefer, Tyler Toffoli, who's no longer with Calgary, or Debrinket. And I thought it was interesting because Debrinket's going to carry a larger salary, and Toffoli clearly is in his latter years, but you know has a lot of playoff experience. So that was prior to free agency. But yeah, Alex Debrinket on the move, and this mm-hmm. is an interesting player that we had talked about, and Sean, you had confirmed that the stars did have some interest and he was traded and you pointed out on chap shots that Ottawa probably should have got more from Detroit and Steve Eiserman kind of pulled a fast one. So let's get into that because I thought it was interesting because the stars did have interest. He's a young guy, puts up big numbers, you know, can put up big numbers for your team. Interesting point. I'm sorry. Interesting piece for a growing Detroit franchise. Yeah, the Debrinket saga is, uh, I mean, how many times, Gavin, in the history of the NHL, and I'll expand this to any sport, how many times can you think of a pro sports franchise getting the worst end of back-to-back deals on the same player? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I just, I mean... So Ottawa makes the trade for at the draft last year for Debrinket. They trade number seven, I think a second and a third for to, to Chicago. Um 
Chicago. Brilliant work by Chicago. They make themselves slightly worse in the process. Pick up another pretty good prospect, and and and, and on the uh, on the path to uh, on the path to getting a uh, to getting Connor Bedard, they uh, they accelerated that. Ottawa brings to bring it in. Doesn't really fit well with them. His goal totals slipped to 27 this year. I think that was kind of a little bit of a that was kind of a finishing that I expect to kind of more even out. I expect him to be more of a 35 to maybe even 40 goal scorer next year wherever he plays, which will be in Detroit now. Um, he uh, and then once at Ottawa is an RFA who would have had required a major qualifying offer. It's kind of the final poison pill of the Chicago deal where um, for a quick background for people who don't know when, uh, when you're a restricted free agent, your qualifying offer, we talk about a qualifying offer that means it's the last year. It's the, the last, it's the final salary of the last season. So it doesn't matter that your cap hit doesn't matter. It's what your salary was. So to it made 9 million in salary this past year. So to play in Ottawa on a one-year deal, Ottawa could have qualified him for $9 million. They instead filed for team elected arbitration. And when team elected arbitration happens, it's uh, it allows, it did two things. It allowed the senators to potentially keep him for slightly less if they didn't work out a long-term deal. I believe it was 85% of the cap hit of the of 85% of the 9 million. And it also protected them from an offer sheet. And so Ottawa and Debrinket could have gone all the way to arbitration. It would have been August 20th. The dates came out the other day of what it would have been. It would have been August 20th. Um, if they didn't work out a long-term deal there, Debrinket would have played in Ottawa on one-year deal, and then he would have been an unrestricted free agent. Senators felt they had to trade Debrinket. Debrinket wanted out. Fine. This is where I start to get confused, Gavin. I mean, I know what happened, but this is where I just start trying to figure out, wrap my head around this stuff. Debrinket goes to Detroit for a first-round pick, what I would classify as a C-list prospect, a guy mm-hmm. who I think is nothing more than maybe a depth defenseman if he ever makes the NHL, and a fourth-round pick. And I... Uh, sorry, and, and Dominic Kubalik too, yep. who was a who was an expiring, who was a Kubalik, I think is a fine is a fine piece on a team if you're just having him hammer one timers there, but doesn't really do much else. And he's a guy who w- will be an unrestricted free agent next summer anyway. So it wasn't a long term part of any any system. It really, really just comes down to it seems as though all signs point to a salary dump, right? It feels that way. It also feels like it just feels to me like both the Ottawa Senators and Alex Dabrinkit, and I'll get into this, left a lot of money on the table and a lot of value on the table by taking this subpar deal from the Red Wings. Mm -hmm. Like this was the only, I mean, kudos to Detroit. Great job by them getting this done for that value. And then on top of that, they signed Dabrinkit to a four-year deal at 7.78 or whatever it is. And that's a deal that is... Probably actually to bring its market value, but no, no one in free agency is supposed to sign at market value. Like market value is goes out the window in free right. agency. You're supposed to sign for way more. And so, do you want to talk about Ottawa first or to bring it first? Which one do we want to go down? Well, first I mean, am, am I correct? I yeah. mean, you know, like you know, he yeah. was quoted as saying, you know, you grow up a Red Wings fan. 
You and know, I fine. mean, and so that, yeah, at yeah, hometown yeah, yeah, discount, I guess that that's his end goal. I, I, he wanted to play for Detroit. I, I, I guess I guess it's a hometown discount. He wanted to play for Detroit. If that's what he wanted, more power to him. What I don't understand. So let's get to Ottawa first. Real quick. Yep. If you're the Senators, Gavin, we see we've done trade love deadline shows. We see how much teams are willing to spend through the nose at the deadline. People get crazy. They just start spending way too much and giving away way too much. You're telling me Ottawa couldn't have gotten a first and a C couldn't have gotten better than a first and a C list prospect for Debrinket. Yeah, at the deadline they could have. Like you could have got you could have gotten a much better deal. Yeah. Instead, you could have gotten a much better deal. And for Debrinket, by sticking by staying in Ottawa through then, he could have gone to a contender where he could have done what Ivan Barbashev did this year, go to a contender and maybe go win a Stanley cup next year. Yeah. He's not winning a Stanley cup with Detroit next year. Right. Just he's not, I mean, Detroit is not, I don't even, I, I would put Detroit's playoff percentages at 25% in that, in that, in that division, even with the brink. Yeah. And so, and then on top of that, he left, he signed by signing the four year deal. He bought himself past the two es- the two big cap escalating years in two and three years from now. So I I just I get wanting to return to your hometown, wanting to play there. I get all of that. I understand the logic. I I just don't get why you wouldn't bet on yourself a little bit more. And you could have ended up in Detroit at free agency next summer. You could have done that. I agree. You could have ended you could have ended up anywhere at the free agency mm-hmm. next summer. You would have been the one of the, the one of the the biggest name biggest players available, and if you're Ottawa, why did you like? Not this, to mention is, Ottawa has yeah, some really good yeah. pieces, so yeah. you don't know so what's going to happen. I mean, granted, it's a brutal brutal uh, division, especially with Buffalo yeah. coming up. You have Florida, you have Tampa, you have Boston, you have Toronto. Uh, just a brutal division, but at the same time, I mean. Ottawa was not a bad team last year. So at, yeah. at some point you have to keep your own and you have to say, here we go rather than stockpiling, you know, draft picks. And well, and, and, and if he didn't want to stay there, that's fine. Yeah, that, that's fine. If he didn't want to stay there and he was going to go, that's okay. But you just, you, you, you maximize your value and Pierre Dorian did not maximize his value right, here. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, very, very uh, interesting. 